teaching ministry of Pastor Jay Everly. Get ready to be empowered through the understanding of God's Word. But some reasons why it is the will of God for you to be well now. Well, I know all this. Yeah, but faith doesn't come by having heard it back there. Faith comes by hearing and hearing. Come on. And uh, you just, as a believer, have to keep on refreshing yourself in this because, you know, you get little aches and pains and, well, you know, I'm getting older, you know. And you start tolerating things rather than saying, no, it's God's will for me to be free from this. You know, sometimes people say, well, it's not God's will that we all be healed or, you know, and so forth and so on. Well, if that's the case, then uh, really you should repent for the sin of going to the doctor and trying to get out of the will of God. Well, praise God. That rebellion needs to be repented of. <laughs> It's not sin, but I'm just saying, if you really believe that, you should repent and you should do everything you can to shut down every hospital because those are not houses of mercy if it's not God's will for all to be well. Those are not houses of mercy. They're houses of rebellion and we should shut them down. Come on, come on. No, we know better than that. I mean, you know, one year, one year old kid with half a brain knows better than that. Isn't that the truth? No, they're not houses of rebellion. They're houses of mercy. They're trying to help people because that's God's will for them to be well. I mean, God has a better way of doing it, but thank God for them. Amen. So rather than, uh, if you really believe it's God's will for you to be sick, then you should uh, submit to the will of God and uh, just go ahead and be sick and you should... Get, I mean, I'm not trying to be weird, but I'm just saying if people really believe that, they should go get syringes full of disease bacteria and inject their children and say, hey, you know, it's God's will, so let's all be sick here. No, you need to be taken out behind, well, actually, you need to be put in jail if you do that stuff. Amen. If, if, you know, people say God makes people sick and so forth and so on. Uh, if God were living in any organized society today and he were doing, it was doing everything that people accuse him of doing, you know, acts of God, tornadoes and things like this and hurricanes and people getting sick. If he was living in any organized society today and doing all those things, we would have him hung by 1030 tomorrow morning for crimes against society. Out killing, stealing, and destroying and all of that. Wouldn't we? Because we know better. We know that's evil. Don't we? We know that's evil. I mean, you know, bad things, killing and so forth and so on. That's evil. But he's not the one who's doing all those things. I said, he's not the one doing all those things. There is, there, the, Satan, you know, this earth is in a fallen condition. God didn't create it the way it is now. It's in a fallen state. He didn't create it to have storms. He didn't create it to, to, to uh, you know, where things bite and hurt and, you know, and all that stuff. That, that wasn't the way. You look at the way God created the earth in Genesis and, and before sin, and then you look at the end. We might, if we get time tonight, we'll look at this. You look after Satan's off the scene at the end, and the Bible says in Isaiah in a couple places, whenever that happens and Satan's off the scene, there'll be nothing in it that hurts or destroys. That concludes, you know, no disease. And there was no disease in the original creation. So if you want to know the will of God, look at, his, look at the way he made it before sin came in and after sin, was gone, sin will be gone at, at the end and uh, you'll find the will of God. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. So you want to look at some of these, why? Different reasons why it is the will of God for you to be well. Because really to have a real faith, a steadfast faith for the healing of your body, You've got to get rid of all these uncertainties about God's will. Amen. In, in these matters, you got to, uh, you know, you got to get rid of all the hesitations. Well, I just don't know if God wants me to. Well, you have to get rid of all that because Satan works overtime to uh, rob people 
uh, or works overtime against their faith concerning the will of God. He does not work overtime concerning God's power to, to heal. People, you ask God, anybody on the street, can God heal? And they, oh yeah, God can do anything. People believe that. But will he do it for you now? Well, I don't know, you know, and they start talking about all their failures and all their mistakes. And so uh, they, they're not confident about God's will because Satan works on that. He, he tries to undermine people's faith. Well, go over to the book of Mark. We'll just, uh, we'll just look at one thing here, how we know it's the will of God. We'll go to the first chapter. I know this is real basic, but, but to be honest with you, uh, you know, whenever, if I, in the last few years, have come under any kind of attack, I find myself getting real simple back to the yeah, basics again. I find myself just going back to where it's, it's just, just re get real solid down in here. This is God's will for me to be well. This is God's will. So I go back to these things. Let's look at Mark chapter number one. I like this story. This is the story of the leper that was healed. We'll just start reading in verse number uh, 40. There came a leper to him or to Jesus, beseeching him and kneeling down to him and saying unto him, if thou wilt... Thou canst make me clean, if thou wilt. Now, that's just a, uh, you know, if thou wilt is just another way of saying, if you will, if it is your will. Amen. And so uh, he's asking the, the will, his, Jesus' will in this situation. So Jesus, look at what Jesus said in verse number 41. Jesus moved with compassion put forth his hand and touched him and said unto him, I will be thou clean. And immediately, or as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy departed from him and he was cleansed. Hallelujah. Immediately he was cleansed. So he said, if you will, you can. So he's asking, this man is asking the will of Jesus. The will of Jesus. Isn't that right? He asked the will of God or Jesus. Jesus answered the question. Somebody said, but he just answered it for that man. Well, if he answered it for one and the Bible is true, which says he's no respecter of persons, then that's the answer for you. Amen. It is God's will for you to be healed because he said it to this man and he hasn't changed. Two things you need to understand. He said it to this one man. Actually, he said it to more than this, uh, but uh, he said it to this man. And then he's number one, no respecter of persons. That's in Acts 10, 34. That's in Romans 2, 11. That's in a number of places in the Bible. Matthew 8, 2 through 3. Uh, but he, he said it to one man and he's no respecter of persons. That, may, that means if he's no respecter of persons, he will not do something for someone else that he will not do for you. Come on. Amen. He amen. won't do something for somebody else that he won't do for you. All right. Amen. I like that about him. I like that about him. Amen. So he's no respecter of persons. And number two, he has not changed. You look at the Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the same today. He's the same today. If he ever was a healer and he is no respecter of persons and he has not changed, then today he is the healer and it is his will for me to be well. He has not changed. Then we read Malachi 3, 6, I am the Lord. I change not. I change not. Malachi 3, 6. Then James 1, 17. There is no variableness with him or shadow of turning. He's the same today. If he was the healer, he is the healer. Amen. So we, we find that's, that's in uh, James 1, 17, no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Jesus never said your sickness is for the glory of God to anyone. Now there's a, there's a verse we'll get to that people think he said that, but we'll look at that in detail in a minute. He never said that to one person. 
He never said, it's not my will to any one person that came to him for healing. Never said. There's one case people think that's what he said, but that's not what he said. Jesus uh, never said, it's not my will. If he used to heal, but he doesn't heal today, then he's changed. And we can accuse him of lying in the Bible. When he said, no, I, I, I'm the Lord, I change not. I change not. Amen? So he said, it is my will. Listen to some other translations of this. Uh, a leper, this is the Jerusalem Bible. A leper came up and bowed low in front of him. Sir, he said, if you want to, you can cure me. If you want to. See, your will is your want to. <laughs> Don't let that get past you. Jesus wants to. He said, if you want to, you can cure me. Jesus stretched out his hand, touched him and said, of course I want to be cured. And his leprosy was cured at once. Of course I want to. Wade says that the leper said, if you have the will, you have the power to cleanse me. Jesus said, I have the will be clean. Jordan says, he said, sir, if you really want to, you could heal me. Jesus said, I do want to be healed. Basic says, the Lord, the man said, Lord, if you're, if it is your pleasure, oh, your will is your pleasure. Your will is something that nobody has to talk you into. You're already there. <laughs> He said, if it is your pleasure, you have the power to make me clean. He put his hand on him saying, it is my pleasure. Be clean. In other words, I just get kicks out of doing it. I love doing this. I love this. I love this. I like this. This is fun. I enjoy this. <laughs> <laughs> See, we read the, we, we think the will of God is sort of passive, but I looked up the word will here in Matthew and also over there. And I actually looked it up. First of all, over in, uh, we just read it in the offering Psalm 35, 27, where it says he has pleasure and the prosperity of a servant found out that has the same meaning as will. And I looked it up and the word will does not mean, you know, I'm okay with it. It would be fine with me. It does, you know, like, like people say, well, you know, either way kind of thing. That's not what the will, that's not what I will means. I will in the Greek and in the Hebrew, it literally means I have delight. I am determined. See, the will of God is a determination. He's determined that it be that way for you. Somebody said, well, if that's, if that's the way the will of God is, why is not everyone well? Well, there's a man's side to receive that. You understand? But it's not difficult because he's already determined that it be that way for you. So it means pleasure. It means delight. It means uh, determined. Praise the Lord. So he said, I have pleasure. I am determined. I delight. Knox says, it is my will. Fenton says, I am willing. Wu says, I am desiring it from all my heart. Be cleansed at once. The will of God is not passive. I said, the will of God is not passive. It's not like, well, God doesn't mind. People say that concerning different things. Well, God doesn't mind. Let's take finances. God doesn't mind if you have money, you know. But you got to be careful about these oh. things. Why don't you say that concerning being saved? All right, all right. That's good right there. That's Would you go up to a sinner on the street you're sharing Jesus with them and say, now God doesn't mind if you get saved now. You know, you don't want to get too radical about this stuff, but, you, you know, God doesn't mind. Why don't we say that about being, because we know it's God's will for all to be saved. But when it comes to these other things, we're kind of not sure, you know, kind of like, well, we don't want to get too radical, you know. Well, let me ask you a question. If God's will is something we're, I mean, excuse me, he's determined about and we're passive about it. 
In other words, you know, we, we'll, we'll, we'll receive it if, you know, if it happens, well, okay, thank you. But, you know, we don't want to, we don't want to act like, you know, it's, it's, it's something we're going to go after. Right. Come on. If he's determined and we're passive, we're not in agreement with him. Come on. That's good. That's good right there. We're not in agreement with him. I said, we're not in agreement with him. And to work with God, you have to be in agreement with him. Amen. It's, it's, let me, let me read something to you. I was meditating on today that the Lord gave me a number of uh, weeks ago, actually, um, concerning the will of God and concerning, uh, you going after the will of God. Say, go after the will of God. The, uh, you know, faith, you, if you don't desire something that God said is his will, then you won't uh, use your faith for it. Many people think that it's kind of like, uh, you know, they're so used to desires being evil. Yes. You know, the lust of the flesh against God's will and so yeah. forth and so on. They're so used to desires being evil that they, they kind of, if, if a desire is really of God in their heart, yeah. they don't run with it. All right. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. They sort of, uh, uh, they sort of are uh, half-hearted about it. Yeah. But it's okay, amen, amen, to desire something that God has laid up for you in redemption. It is not unholy to go after a desire that God put in your heart through meditating on the Word and seeing that it is His will. That's not an unholy thing. I said, that's not an unholy thing. Amen. If it's laid up for you, uh, are you having a desire for something that God desires for you is not wrong. There are things that he longs to do for his children. He wants your life on this earth to be days of heaven on this earth. Amen. Praise God. I mean, he said healing is the children's bread. That's another reason. It's the will of God. Amen. Because he's my father and I'm his child. Amen. Yes, sir. And if, if uh, you know, the woman came, she wasn't a, uh, a covenant lady, and she said, just give me a crumb. Yeah. Right. You know, if, if, uh, if, if <laughs> think about this. If dogs can have crumbs, then children can have whole loaves. <laughs> yeah, take my healing and eat the whole loaf. Give me the whole healing loaf. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Over and over and again in the New Testament, we we're told to receive and believe for those things that are freely given to us of God. And you can't do that if you're not sure it is the will of God. Faith is based on knowing it's his will. And uh, to be honest with you, you got you to gotta, uh, feed the desire for it. Some people don't use their faith because they don't desire it too much. You got to want it. You got to want it. You got to want what God wants for you. And not want it like, well, if it comes to pay, if God sees fit to do it, then he'll do it. And we'll just wait and say, twiddle our thumbs, sing, kumbaya, my Lord, kumbaya. If, if you want to do it, do it. No, that's not wanting it. Come on. Amen. Want it means, excuse yeah. me. Yeah. Amen. That's right. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> you're, going, you're going after it. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. It means a fervent longing and earnest desire. It means, it, it, it also means to thirst after something. You get a guy that's thirsty enough, he'll do unusual things to get a drink. You get a guy that's hungry enough, he'll do unusual things to get something to eat. And that's how bad you got to want it. Amen. The woman, remember over in the uh, 15th chapter of Matthew, the Bible talks about the, Cain, the woman of Canaan came and said, Lord, my daughter's grievously vexed with the devil, you know, yeah. so forth. And Jesus said, and remember there was a few things that she wasn't in covenant, so there was a few things Jesus had to get past. Yeah. He says, not me, take children's bread and give it to dogs, you know. And she said, yeah, but the dogs eat the crumbs. You remember that? Yeah. And, Je and Jesus said, oh, woman, great is thy faith. Yeah. Be it unto thee even as thou wilt. Yeah. Notice that. He was talking about she kept 
pressing in with her faith. Great is thy faith. But the reason she had such press of faith is she said, be it unto you even as thou wilt. In other words, you want this. If you look that up, the word wilt means you wanted this. If you want it, you won't quit. Amen. I like Matt and Katie. They didn't quit. That's the devil kept saying, it ain't going to happen. They right. go, no, we ain't quitting. That's right. We ain't quitting. Come on. Quit. And that's the way you got to do. Exactly. You just got to say, no, we are not quitting. We're, we're staying right. with this. Why? Because we want it. Right. You got to want it. Now, there's, there's more to receiving than wanting it you, you, or desiring it. We're, we're people of great desire, but it's faith that receives. But my point is, without wanting it, you'll not stick with your faith. You'll get to church and hear a sermon on it and you'll kind of get excited about it for a day or two and you'll say it for a day or two and then you forget about it because you really don't want it. No, if you really want it, you'll stick with it and you'll keep using your faith. You'll get up in the morning and use your faith on purpose. You just won't take no for an answer. <laughs> Not that God's saying no, you understand. But circumstances and the devil says no sometimes. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Your desire has to become voracious, exceedingly eager. It needs to be insatiable. Nothing's going to satisfy it but what I'm going after. Amen. When desire gets strong enough, all the forces of the human spirit take on a single focus. And obtaining this one thing is, every, is, is what that focus is. There are times I have been under such attack in my body that, that I pretty much forgot living itself. <laughs> you know, I got so focused on the healing scriptures. This is my total focus. All the energies and, 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 and life of my spirit goes focused on this one thing. It's my all-consuming desire. Come on, amen. <laughs> To stop Amen. hurting, you know? Yes. <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. Well, anywho, praise the Lord. Your will, if, it's deter if God's will is determined, then your will needs to be like, like His will. Yes. But you don't get that way if you're not sure if it is God's will. That's why we're going over this. Um, so uh, he said, I will. I'm determined. This is my will. This is my delight. It is my pleasure. And uh, since he is no respecter of persons, we're saying reasons we know it's the will of God for us to be well. Since he is no respecter of persons, and since he uh, hasn't changed, then it's his will today. He is just as willing for you to be well as, as this man right here to be well. Hallelujah. Another reason it's his will is because that uh, sickness was never a part of God's original creation. Remember whenever he created the earth, he said he saw, like each day he said, and it was good. Yes. Then the next day he created everything and it was good. And then he saw it all after the six days of creation. He saw it all and he said, it is very good. Very it was very, there was nothing evil or bad in it. It was all good. And uh, there was no sickness there. Uh, sickness is not called good. The Bible said Jesus went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. Healing is good. And it takes a preacher to confuse you about that. <laughs> healing is good. It was not, so sickness was not a part of the original creation. Um, actually, their bodies were clothed in the glory of God. Their bodies were not even mortal. They could not, they could not even get sick until the glory left them. And so, uh, but then you read, go, in fact, go to these verses. I believe it's good for you to look at them tonight. Isaiah chapter number 11. Isaiah chapter 11. If you're not careful, you'll slide out of believing that it's always his will. There's a, uh, you're going to Isaiah 11. There's a minister I was watching on TV a couple, well, I'd say maybe a year ago now. That I was just flipping through and I saw him. His daddy ministered with Dad Hagen all the time in his camp meetings. Preach healing, preach the will of God, you know, preach the baptism of the Holy Ghost right down the line, right down the line of the word. And, uh, but, this, but that minister went on to be with the Lord. Now his son's ministered, and I heard him talking about healing, and he said, you know, you just can't tell people that it's always God's will. You just don't know that. Oh, wow. 
I thought, how easily the word slips yes, from people. Yeah. Wow. Amen. You have to keep on focusing on the truth of God's word or it'll slip. We find this here in Isaiah 11. Did you find the, uh, did I, maybe I didn't tell you, the 11th chapter, the 9th verse. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Now that's talking about in the millennial reign, the, the kingdom of God in, on earth. Now go to the 65th chapter of Isaiah. I want you to see there, he said, there shall be nothing. Uh, that destroys, no hurt nor destroy. Nothing shall hurt or destroy there. But uh, the 65th chapter of Isaiah also talks about the millennial reign or the kingdom of God manifest in the earth. 65, 25, chapter 65, verse 25. The wolf and the lamb shall feed together. The lion shall eat straw like a bullock. The dust shall be the serpent's meat. There shall, uh, they shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, saith the Lord. Nothing in this earth will hurt or destroy. Amen. What is that? That's God's perfect will. That's whenever Satan's removed from the scene. When the curse isn't here anymore. Wow. So you can see the perfect will of God. That's why it is another reason why it is the perfect will of God is because you can see God's perfect will. Uh, in his original creation, and then, of course, after th uh, it gets back to the way it was supposed to be. Amen. 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 Praise God. So when Satan is removed, removed from human contact, there'll be nothing in the earth that hurts or destroys. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Here's another reason it's God's will. We could go through these for a long time. We'll just see how long we get tonight. It's because, go over, in fact, go over to... Uh, Go to 1 John 4. Let's just do it that way. These are things that I can't take time to meditate in, in great depth, each, each, to meditate in each truth in great depth tonight. But get them down and you let Jesus take that and break that into, you know, bite-sized pieces and digest it into your spirit. Amen. So we're here in 1 John 4, 8. It tells us in, uh, it says in verse 8, He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. Say out loud, God is love. God is love. The next reason that it is the will of God for you to be healed is because God is love and love heals. Amen. Yes. And it would take you a preacher to get confused about that. Somebody loves you, they're trying to help you get well. That's what love is. Love, God is love and love heals. It does a lot of other things, but God is a father. We are his children and healing is called the children's bread. Now, a lot of people, they believe Jesus was going around healing to prove that he was the son of God. And we do have record of a few of the healings that that, that was part of the reason he healed. But... You have to look at the whole counsel of God's word on it. For example, you find verses like uh, Matthew 14, 14. Let me just read some of these. Like Matthew 14, 14, it talks about Jesus and it says that he, uh, uh, let me find the right reference here. Matthew, well, I thought I had it in this section of notes. Let me just turn to it. When, it's, when, when Jesus healed, it often talks about what motivated him to heal. Look at this 14th chapter in the 14th verse. It tells us, Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion toward them and he healed their sick. He wasn't healing in that situation to prove something. He was healing because of compassion. That's the love. That's his love. He was moved with God. What moved him here to heal? Well, I'm just going to show them I'm the son of God. Well, we, he was the son of God. We know that, that that was part of it. But that's not what this verse said motivated him. It says compassion is what motivated him. You can find that in the, in fact, just go over there. Matthew 20, 34. Let's just look at a few of these. You get these in your notes. 
let, let this be just register real strong on the inside. Look at verse 34 of Matthew 20. Jesus had compassion on them. Now, this is two blind men here, two blind men. He had compassion on them and touched their eyes, and immediately their eyes received sight, and they followed him. Notice it was compassion. Notice we just read Mark 1 where Jesus ministered to the leper. If thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And the Bible did not say, and Jesus said, I will, be thou clean. No, the Bible said, he, he said he had compassion yes, on him amen. and said, right. I will. So In other words, you can hear him saying it with compassion. Amen. I do want to. <laughs> I, you, I'm sure compassion came out of Jesus in a way you hadn't seen it before. I do want to. That was compassion. It, just, just the thought, Jesus was moved with the fact that the man even had a thought that it might not be God. Wow. He said, I do want to. Wow, so Compassion Praise came God. out of him. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Amen. I like that. Amen. Then we find, I won't go to this one, but you can write it down. Luke 7, 13. The Bible talks about the, the uh, memorial service Jesus encountered when he came out of the city of Nain. Yeah. And he, he stopped it and found out that the woman had no husband. And now this is her only son they're burying. Yeah. I mean, the only one left. Yes, so she had nobody to take care of her. She's a widow. Yes. And the Bible says she had, uh, he had compassion on the woman yes. and raised the young man from the dead. Amen. <laughs> what made him do that? Well, I'm just going to prove I'm the son of God. No, it was love. Yes. Love. God is love. Yes. And Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So when you see him healing, you see the Father. You see love. You see love. You see love. Love stretched out his hand and healed. Think about it. This leper that came to him in Mark 1 was supposed to be quarantined, wasn't supposed to be out there in a crowd like that. And you don't touch a leper because it's a contagious disease. Yes, sir. And compassion reached through all those barriers and touched him anyway. Why? Because love. I've, I've never failed to see whenever the compassion of God comes on me in a healing line, I've never failed to see the person healed. Amen. Amen. I was in a meeting in, uh, in fact, I noticed the pastor just liked our Facebook page uh, in uh, Finley, Ohio, ministering. And I think we were pretty much done with the healing line, if I remember correctly. And they brought one, uh, a mother brought one more child up and said, uh, and the pastor actually stepped up with the mother and said, uh, this child... I don't remember all the details, but I do remember a few of them, that the, that the child had stopped growing in school. You know how they measure and, you know, do different things. Give phys, uh, not physical ed, but you know how the, nurse, the school nurse comes around and sort of checks up on all the kids. Regular checkups. See, remember that? I remember going down there every now and then. But this child had stopped growing and had stopped learning and developing in school. And that had happened, I think, over a period of 18 months or something like that, honey. Do you remember how long it was? It's been so long. But, uh, but it, I know it was like a period of time that they had noticed he had stopped growing physically and mentally or intellectually and so forth. And they had, no, they had been to the doctor. They didn't, couldn't figure out what it was. And so the pastor, I mean, this woman, and uh, she's, she's holding the child, but uh, uh, the, the pastor came up with her and explained everything that had uh, that had been, you know, the nurses had found and, and all the doctors were checking into. And something came over me. I say something, it was the compassion of God. Yeah. Just, to th just uh, the thought hit me of that little, I think he was about six years old or something like that, seven, I don't remember, something like that. Just the thought of that child staying at that age and never, I mean, that size, you know, yes, and that mentality yeah. for the rest of his life. Something hit me. Yeah. I just couldn't tolerate it. You know what I mean? Just something in me couldn't allow it to happen that way. And the love of God came on me, and I remember gathering that little boy up in, his, in my arms and tears streaming down my face, and I said, Father, all the anointing you put in me to, to minister to the sick, let it go into this child, and we, we commanded him to be healed and so forth. And just, just one of those moments, just the love. You're just, it's just like you're in a, in a cloud of love. You know, you're just, it's not you. You know it's not you. Even your human sympathy can't work up what came on you, you know. See, compassion and sympathy are two different That's things. Right. And uh, uh, sympathy is human. Compassion's divine. Right. Sympathy says, I hurt. It's so sad how, how you hurt. But compassion says, Jesus is going to do something about this and, and fixes it. Amen. 
And, I, and then that, that glory just came. I, I call it glory. It was just the love of God, the compassion of God. Just one of those times, just tears streamed down your face and you minister that, that morning. And that was the last meeting and we left, but we got a letter from the pastor. What was it? Maybe, honey, two weeks later or something like that. Wasn't too long. Two weeks, a month or something like that. And uh, they, they, the letter had all the good report. They had taken him back to school. And within just that short period of time, two weeks or a month or something like that, uh, he had already caught up all the way. He had, he had developed. Even in school, his, his mentality, it, it, was, it was just, I just it makes, you, it makes you want to be able to minister. You want to stand under that compassion all the time. Amen. Amen. Yes, sir. Amen. That's what heals. I said, that's what heals. We get, all, we get Jesus all religious and put him in these boxes and stuff like this. And, you know, if you check this box, you check that box. And if you're perfect and everything for maybe three weeks, then you can be healed. Yeah, come on. That's right. Come on. Do you know Jesus very seldom addressed the sin issue? That hit you like it hit me whenever I thought about it. The Lord showed me that one day. In fact, the Lord said to me, he said, did you ever notice there was people that I healed that were sinners? I said, what do you mean? He said, have you ever noticed I healed Malchus's ear? He came to arrest me. I said, I never thought about that. That's really good. He said, you ever notice I said to that man, go and sin no more, lest the worst thing come on you? He said, the reason I said that is because he's living in sin. And yet I already healed him living in sin. In some cases, it is a case. If God's talking to you about it, then you're going to have to deal with it. Right. But don't go looking in the sea of forgetfulness for what you are. You can't, well, you know, I, I don't know what it is. Something I did wrong somewhere back in 1973 or something like that. I'm preaching better than your amen, and I know that. Anyhow, God is love, and love heals. If sin does uh, cause the issue or, or keep you from receiving, it's not on God's side. That's on your side. It's just undermining your confidence. It's not God saying, well, I'm not going to heal you. You're living in sin. Well, I mean, yeah, like everybody else. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just simply saying we get, we get God in these boxes and think he can't do this. He can't do that. Let's just let him out of the box. What do you say? Praise God. Well, if it is something that, that's between you and the Lord and he's dealing with you about it, yeah, it's going to undermine your confidence. But that's not God's side. That's your side. You did, you did that, not God. Amen. Healing is the children's bread, not the children's treat or dessert that they get if they're good. Fools, because of their iniquities and transgressions, are afflicted. He sent his word and healed them, them fools. I'm not saying just go out and live in sin. Come on. Well, you say that people have, a, you're giving people license to sin. I found they don't want, they don't ask for a license. Come on. Anyhow, glory to God. I'm not saying sin can't be an issue if God's dealing with you about something. But if he is, just get it right. Amen. Another reason is the will of God for you to be well. You all still out there? Yes. Is uh, healing is included in redemption. Yes. Isaiah 53, 4. He took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Matthew 8, 6, 8 17. Same thing. 1 Peter 2, 24. Galatians 3, 13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. What's the curse of the law? Go back to Deuteronomy 28 and you'll find it's, it includes sickness. We're redeemed from sickness. Hallelujah. Well, we could spend a, a whole three weeks on that one. But you just need to know in the Bible, healing and forgiveness of sins go together. You'll find who forgiveth, like Psalm 103 there, who forgiveth all thine iniquities and healeth all thy diseases. He puts it together, doesn't he? I said he puts it together, doesn't he? That's because in God's mind, it's all the same thing. I said it's all the same thing. Healing is part of redemption. It's all included. In fact, the same Greek word translated saved is also the same Greek word translated healed. So when you got saved, you got healed. 
<laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. He took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Those are the same Hebrew words later when it says he bore our, our sin in his own body on the tree. Same Greek, same, same Hebrew word. So took and bore not only our sin, but took and bore our diseases. Amen. Amen. Healing, another reason healing is your, God's will for you today is healing is in the types and shadows of redemption in the Old Testament. Amen. You ever notice that? Remember whenever the, was the serpent was put on the pole? Yeah. They remember the serpent, the snakes bit them. They had complained. Yeah. There, there they, got, they got in trouble. Yeah. And uh, God said, put a serpent on the pole. Told Moses, put a serpent on the pole. Right. Whoever looks shall live. Yeah. Right. Yes, right. And they got healed from that poisonous venom yep. destroying their body. They got healed by looking on that pole. And Jesus said in John 3, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up that whosoever believes on him should not perish but have everlasting life. He's saying, just like they looked and got healed, you, that, that's a type of me, he's saying. That was a type of me. Praise God. Then we read in the, in the Old Testament, we read that whenever the is, in fact, go over to Psalm 105. You got to see this one. Oh, man. We are going real fast, but there's, there's, uh, there's deeper revelation in all of these. We just had it in our heart to give you some reasons tonight. Psalm 105, notice this verse. You, you got your shouting clothes on? <clears throat> verse 37. This is talking about when God brought children, the children of Israel out of Egypt. He brought them forth also with silver and gold, and there was not one feeble person among their tribes. When did that happen? There was not one feeble person among their... When did that happen? I'll tell you when it happened. It taught, you go back to Exodus. It happened whenever they took the Passover. They ate the Passover. Did you know that's actually a type? Jesus is our Passover. Amen. Yes, sir. And healing is in the Passover. Healing is in redemption. That's a type of redemption. Praise God. You find also, I don't have the reference in front of me, but uh, I think I can find it pretty quick. I maybe, maybe it's here somewhere right in front of me. But uh, you'll find a place over in <clears throat> a revival that Hezekiah had. wish I could find the scripture for you. Uh, Hezekiah had a revival where they started re restoring everything God had been telling them to do. And the Bible said they all ate the Passover and the Bible said God healed them all. Amen. wish I could find that verse. That's a good verse. You know, I'll, I'll look for it while I'm preaching. How's that? <laughs> Praise God. It's got to be close here somewhere. Second Chronicles 30, 1 through 20. He healed God. They all took the Passover and God healed the people, the Bible said. Second Chronicles 30, 1 through 20. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <clears throat> well, that was, they just looking at types and shadows. That was, Jesus is our Passover. Amen. The Bible tells us that. The Bible says that in First uh, uh, Corinthians 5, 7. The Lord is our Passover. So whenever we look at Jesus in redemption, he's, remember that lamb, <clears throat> they, they slew a lamb and ate the lamb. That's, that's the Passover lamb. Jesus is that lamb. That's that lamb as a type of Jesus. So when we actually take the bread and drink the cup, we actually are taking healing. That's a type of the lamb slain for our redemption, including healing. So if healing's not for us in the New Testament, why are all the types in the Old Testament pointing towards divine healing? Amen. Amen. Another reason it's the will of God is Paul's gospel included physical healing. Remember in Acts 14, there they preached the gospel in Lystra. And there sat a man crippled in his legs, never had walked, same heard Paul speak. And the, what he was speaking was the gospel. Paul preached the gospel. And the Bible said he heard Paul speak and he, he, uh, uh, Paul looked at him and perceived he had faith to be healed. He said, stand up on thy feet. And he stood up and walked. Yes. And he was healed. He had never walked, but he was healed in his legs. Paul preached the gospel and the man got healed out of, pre out of Paul's preaching of the gospel. That tells you what people today call the gospel is not the full gospel. Because people don't get faith to be healed whenever they hear that. They hear the remission of sin part, but that's only part. Right. Paul's gospel included divine healing. 
You cannot receive healing for, for, uh, for uh, uh, your physical body in places what most people call the gospel today. You don't receive, you don't, you don't get faith to be healed in those churches. You get faith to be healed where it's included, where divine healing is included in the gospel. Amen. So that's another reason, another reason. You still getting uh, revelation out of these? Another reason it's the will of God for you to be well is, uh, is one of his redemptive names. Exodus 15, 26. I am the Lord. King James says, I am the Lord that healeth thee. It's the, Greek, the uh, Hebrew for Jehovah Rapha. Amen. Jehovah Rapha means the Lord thy healer. Yes. Why on earth is he calling himself that by name if that's not who he is? Amen. Amen. Well, another reason that healing is for us today is because faith is for today. Jesus over and over again said, faith, your faith made you whole. Amen. Amen. Or as thou hast believed, so be it done unto you. Said to the woman with the issue of blood, thy daughter, thy faith has made thee whole. He said to the leper in, in Matthew 9, according to your faith, be it unto you. All things are possible to him that believeth in Mark chapter number 9 concerning the man that came for his son. He said, thy faith has made thee whole in Luke 17 concerning uh, the lepers. Mark 10, he said the same thing. Thy faith has made thee whole. James 5, 14 and 15, the prayer of faith shall heal the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. So if their faith made them whole and faith is still for today. Anybody ever heard that faith's been done away with? They say healing's been done away with, but what about faith? Well, if it's their faith that made them whole and faith is still for today, then healing is still for today. Because if their faith made them whole, that's what's going to make you and I whole. <laughs> so it is the will of God for you to be healed because faith is still for today. Ooh, I like that one. And here's another thing. It's the will of God for you to be healed today because God's word is God's medicine and God's word is still for us today. Remember it says in, uh, in uh, Proverbs 4, he said, attend to my word, their life to those that find them. And King James says health. The Greek says, I mean, the Hebrew says medicine, yeah. medicine yeah. to all their flesh. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. That's Proverbs chapter number four. What is that? Verse 23 or four, yep. 24, yep. 23. <clears throat> so if God's word is medicine, and God's word is for today. Nobody ever said God's word's not for today. Right, right. Come on. Have they? Nobody says that. I mean, they act that way, but they don't say it. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So if God's word is for today and his word is medicine, then healing is for us today. Either it still has healing in it. Remember he said in Psalm 107, 20, he sent his word and healed them. Either it still has healing in it or it doesn't. Yeah. If it, has, if it doesn't have healing in it today, then it's, it's changed. Something's yeah. changed. Yeah. God's changed. He's changed. His word's changed. No. The Bible said, let God be true and every man a liar. Nothing, he, he won't change. Amen. Amen. I think all, any one of these things could make you jump out of your seat and say, I got it. I'm healed. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Here's one I want to spend a little more time with. Healing is called the work of God. Let's go over to the uh, book of John, the ninth chapter. Maybe we'll wrap it up with this. Nobody should ever say, I just don't know if God wants to heal me. Well, then you're questioning his will. And there's no reason to do that when you look in the Bible. <clears throat> so we're here in John chapter nine. Let's start reading in verse one, number one. And uh, as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Notice that. That's an interesting question. In other words, they, they basically said, well, this man's sick because somebody sinned. Isn't that what they're saying? And uh, so uh, 
Notice what Jesus said in verse number three. <clears throat> Jesus answered, neither. Neither hath this man sinned nor his parents. And we'll get to the rest of that. But notice Jesus answered the disciples' question and said, now, now, how many of you know the Bible said, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God? So Jesus wasn't saying that his parents hadn't sinned because all have sinned. Now, here's something interesting. They said, as, who has sinned uh, this man or his parents? They were born blind, born blind. In other words, the Pharisees had a doctrine, according to some of the studies I've looked at, that you could sin in your mother's womb. Born blind? Who did sin? This man or his parents that he was born blind? In other words, he must have sinned in his mother's womb because he's born blind. Come on. That's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. But religion will help you get ridiculous. Who, who sinned here? Did this man sin in his mother's womb or was it his parents? Jesus said neither. Now, he wasn't saying that this, his parents hadn't sinned because all have sinned. But he's saying, he's answering their question. He's saying this man is not sick because his parents sinned or he sinned. Some people, they say, well, everybody has, that's sick has sin in their life. Well, that'd be against James 5. Any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing with oil in the name of the Lord. Prayer of faith save the sick. The Lord will raise him up. And if he's committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. What does if mean? I know it's simple, but it's not, it's not hard. You can answer it. He might have. He might not have. So not everybody, according to James there, and then and we, we're just going by it quickly. We could look at many other scriptures, but uh, according to James, not everybody that's sick is sick because of their sin, because of their sin individually. I will say everybody is sick because of sin, but not their sin individually, because of Adam's sin. Not because you, you know, you, you're sick because of your sin per se. Now that can be the case. Jesus just said, in this case, it's not the case. Jesus said to one man, go sin no more. That's the worst thing. Come on. Sin can open the door to sickness, but that's not always the case. I've seen in healing lines, people get healed and you actually get surprised that they were. You know why? Because you know the way they're living. You're like, oh, praise the Lord. <laughs> if I were the head of the church, I wouldn't have healed him. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I'm not, I'm not saying these kinds of things tonight so we can just all live carnal, but so we can get out of our works program. Praise God. Uh, so anyways, he said, neither hath this man sinned nor his parents that he was born blind. But he said, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. Now, there's a period there and people think Jesus is saying this man was born blind so that the works of God could be made manifest in him. Think about that. There, in other words, you know, he was, he was made blind from his mother's womb, so that I could come along and heal him. In other words, they, they think Jesus is saying, God did this so I could come along and heal him, you know, and show forth my glory or something. If that were the case, Jesus made a mistake. To say that God made him blind so that I could come along and heal him, then Jesus made a mistake. We need to correct Jesus because he said this in their mind. This is what God, this is what they think Jesus said, that he was born blind. In other words, God made him blind so that the works of God could be made manifest in him. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. Uh, and then he goes ahead and heals the man. You remember what he said? He's, verse number uh, six there says, he spat on the ground and made clay in, of the spittle and he anointed the man's eyes with the clay and said, go wash. Remember, he came again seeing. He was healed. 
In other words, Jesus said, this is what they think he, that Jesus said. God made him sick so I could come along and do the works of God. Well, wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Jesus, if you're coming along to do the works of God, then the works of God aren't in him yet. Right. All right. Come on. You missed that. Come on. Come on. Yeah, that was good. Which one is the work of God? Is it making him born blind or is it coming along and healing him? Well, somebody said both. No, that contradicts Luke. That contradicts Luke. Luke 11, 17 and 18. Jesus said, go over there, go over there, go over there, go over there. We got to get this sacred cow barbecue before we leave here. Luke 11, <laughs> 17 and 18. Somebody said, I know all this. I really don't care. I'm not, I'm not ministering to your head. I'm not ministering to your head. I'm ministering to your heart. Luke 11, 17. Jesus, look at this. But he knowing their thoughts said every kid. Because remember, well, let's back up. We got to back up. We got to back up. Look at verse number 14. He was casting out a devil and it was dumb. Well, all devils, devils are dumb, but. That went past you. Some of you didn't get that. Dumb devil, in other words. I'm, I'm just being funny. Okay, some. He was casting out a devil and it was dumb. And it came to pass when the devil was gone out, the dumb spake and the uh, people wondered. But some of them said he cast out devils through Beelzebub, the chief of the devils. And others tempting him sought a sign from heaven. So there's, they're accusing him of casting out devils by the prince of the devils. Look at verse 17. He, he knowing their thoughts, said, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and a house divided against a house falleth. If Satan be divided against himself, how shall his kingdom stand? Because he said, because you say, I cast out devils by Beelzebub. Every kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. Okay, back to the ninth chapter of John. If God made him sick so Jesus could come along and heal him, we got two problems. Number one, we got a kingdom divided against itself. We have a kingdom divided yeah. against us. Yeah. A kingdom that makes sick and a kingdom that makes well. Right. Come, on. Come on. Paul said, if I build again that which I destroy, then I make myself a transgressor. In other words, it's either right to build it or it's the right to destroy it. You got to decide which one's right and stay with that. You, don't, don't, don't be building, destroying kind of thing. And God's not building, destroying. So we, we can't have a king. So if Jesus came to heal this man because God made him blind so he could come along and heal him and everybody could glorify God about it, then we have a kingdom divided against itself. And second of all, we got to correct Jesus because he said, I came to do the work of God. Meaning the work of God wasn't done in him yet. If God made him blind so he could be born blind so Jesus could come and heal him, then which one of those is the work of God? We have to decide. That's so good. And Jesus said the works of God weren't in him yet, so God did not make him blind from that's birth right. so Jesus that's could right. come along and come heal him. Come on, that's so right. Come on, that's so good. Well, why does it say it the way it says it? I'll tell you why, I believe why, is actually in the Greek there's no punctuation. Here's the way I believe you should read this. Jesus answered, because they asked who was born, I mean, who, was, who sinned that this man was born blind. Look at verse 3. Jesus answered, neither hath this man sinned nor his parents, period. But that the works of God should be made manifest in him, comma, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. There's no punctuation in the Greek. And so they added punctuation to try to make the sentences sound right. But I think they put the punctuation at the wrong place. Jesus is basically saying, no, this man wasn't born blind because of his sin, but I'm here to heal him. Yes, amen. And the work of God, healing is the work of God. See, that's what I'm saying. The reason that you know it is the will of God for you to be well is healing is the work of God. Jesus in 1 John 3, 8 says he came to destroy the works, uh, plural, of the devil. Works include sickness. 
the works of the devil, I mean, include sickness. You have to rightly divide which works are of God, which works are of Satan. Jesus came to destroy the works, plural, of the devil. What are, his, what are one of his works? Acts 10, 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power. He went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Yeah, Sickness yeah. is satanic work. Yeah. All right. Come on. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Wow. Yes, sir. Hallelujah. That one right there, you got to get a hold of that one. Praise be to God. I said praise be to God. Luke 13, 16, we have, a ref, we have an account. I'll just refer to this if you want to write it down. <clears throat> Bible talks about the, uh, the uh, woman bowed over with a spirit of infirmity. And Jesus gave several reasons why she ought to be well, well. In verse 16, so ought this woman being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan hath bound. Lo, these 18 years be loose from this bond on the Sabbath day. Jesus called her infirmity satanic work. So God's work is Jesus' work. Remember, Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And so what Jesus did was the work of God. And he went about doing good and healing. Sickness is the work of the enemy. And Jesus was manifest to destroy the works of the enemy. Amen. Praise be to God. Well, did you get anything out of that tonight? And then you always, and other reasons, it's the will of God for all to be well. And there's many other reasons we don't have time to get into tonight. But uh, it's just because healing brings glory to God. Remember, many times when people were healed, they all glorified God. Acts 3 also. Amen. Another reason it's God's will for all to be well is because Jesus healed them all. You read all through the scriptures where Jesus healed them all. Hallelujah. Amen. Another reason is because uh, Jesus always used the same harsh words to rebuke sickness as he did rebuking evil spirits. Remember whenever he rebuked the fever in Peter's mother-in-law? He didn't suggest it, leave. He rebuked it. Amen. Another reason is the same spirit that, that did all of Christ's miracles and raised him from the dead is still in the church today. And he has all of his old uh, life-giving power today. Amen. People say, no, that passed away with the apostles. Uh, that, that was just Jesus. Actually, Jesus claimed it wasn't him. He said, the Father in me, he's doing the works. And Paul didn't claim to be doing them. It says in Acts 19, God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul. So that from his body were taken aprons, uh, handkerchiefs and aprons and so forth. You, you remember that? Yes, so it wasn't Paul, it was God. Amen. Jesus said, it's not me, it's the Father in me doing the works. Yes, well, that same anointing, that same spirit that was in them is in men today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why on earth, if it's not the will of God for us to be healed today, did Jesus include it in the last great commission? Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Amen. Then he said, and lay hands on the sick. Believers will lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. And we could go on and on and on and on. But I think you've settled it. <laughs> or at least you're more established in it than you ever were. So don't, see, we said all that to say, you got to get a hold of it like a bulldog with a bone. And you got to not let go. And you got to be determined. You, you see what we're saying? And you got to want it. You got to, your will has to be in line with his will and don't ever settle for anything less. Don't settle for pains and aches and stuff. Amen. I, I, that's just been something I've been on the last couple of days. No, no, I'm not getting some, you know, the mind just, well, it's old, you're getting older and so forth. And I just started saying, no, 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 not, not doing that. You function right. You, you, amen. Let's all stand to our feet. Thank God for the word. Well, we could take one of those and, and spend three weeks on any one of them. But uh, I like the ones about the types and the shadows. Don't you like that? 
Remember when Jesus healed lepers, he often said, go show yourself to the priest. The reason was there was a commandment in the Old Testament because remember they were lepers were quarantined. They had to stay outside the city. And to get back in, they had to go through this. The priest had to examine them, see if they had leprosy. And then they had to go through this little ceremony and they could be back in, back, live amongst the people. So I was, God told them in the Old Testament to quarantine lepers because that, it, it would spread by touch, you know. So they, he, Jesus would always say, go show yourself to the priest. But if you read the Old Testament, whenever they showed themselves to the priest, the priest would, would, would kill a bird and put it in this little vessel. And there was a certain ceremony he was to go through. And it was a shedding of blood and type of redemption. One bird got killed and the other one got to go free. I don't have all the references. They're, they're, they're back in the Old Testament. But that's a type. That's a type of one. one uh, that's Jesus is the type. He's, he fulfills the one where he took our place. And we're the one that got to go free. Hallelujah. If you would like more information about Pastor Jay Everly's ministry, please visit us on the web at soffc.org or call us at 319-366-2147 or you can write to us at Spirit of Faith Family Church Post Office Box 8355, Cedar Rapids, Iowa, 52408. And remember, God loves you, and you're equipped to live victoriously in every area of life.